alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Time to talk five big takeaways that I've had about training camp so far because uh, being out there and witnessing what was going on at training camp, you definitely get some ideas of how this team looks, uh, the direction that Kyle Shanahan, Steve Wilkes are trying to take this football team both on offense and defense, and it gives us a lot of opportunities to kind of just see where we're at. We're going to be going into block four of training camp. We finished three blocks, which is nine practices. Uh, block four is going to be starting up. And then it's going to be a quick block because it's going to go straight over to Las Vegas for joint practices. And then the 49ers first preseason game, which is just seven days away. The 49ers will be lining up to play the Las Vegas Raiders. There will be decisions that need to be made. Uh, 49ers on Believe. Uh, like and subscribe if you're over on YouTube. Five-star rating for audio platforms. Really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for helping me cross 4K subscribers over on YouTube. Continuing the growth. And I couldn't do it without each and every one of you. So thank you so much for helping me meet that milestone. But let's talk about the 49ers and these big takeaways. Because now that we've finished three blocks, we definitely have an idea of number one, kind of the rhythm in which Kyle Shanahan has this training camp going. And also we're starting to get to the point now where we have an understanding of not just the depth charts, uh, but also kind of how Kyle's going through and getting certain reps for certain players at multiple positions. And it has been a nice step in the right direction with every single one of these positions. We've seen players that have stepped up. We've seen players that have come out of nowhere. And it's an exciting time for the 49ers because Overall, they've done a pretty good job of staying healthy. Of course, we have lost some of the depth players uh, like Mitchell, like Daryl Johnson, uh, not Elijah Mitchell, uh, but Terrence Mitchell. So lost a couple of guys there. You don't want to have that happen. You've had other guys miss practice like Robert Bill, Kalia Davis, Austin Bryant. But so far, your core group of guys have done a really good job of staying healthy, and you've been able to maintain that starting group that you've been so excited about. So... What is the first takeaway I've had from training camp and watching these football practices? It's that the 49ers have great depth at all positions. It hasn't been uncommon for the 49ers to have depth, uh, but to have depth at all positions is something that only the really great football teams have. I think the 49ers have a roster that could be considered great. Now, with all things, you have to go prove it on the field. Not about what it looks like on paper, but what you're able to do with those set pieces on the football field, both coaching and those players executing. But when you start going through the roster and you start looking at the talent at every position, I couldn't find a position where I was really concerned about overall depth. I know that we, you know, potentially tied in, but you have Charlie Warner, you have Ross Dwelly, and they've done it before. Uh, We've talked about offensive line, but They added John Feliciano. They added Matt Pryor. Jalen Moore dodged a bullet by having a just a bruised knee and not something more significant. And I think Jalen Moore's looked really good at training camp, so 
I'm optimistic about him. So offensively, you're good there. Running back, comfortable wide receiver depth through the roof. Uh, whether that is the guys we normally talk about, you know, uh, you know, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, and then it gets to that competition, Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, Chris Conley. Uh, it's it's been a good group. And then you started throwing in other guys as well, like Tay Martin and Willie Sneed, with Sneed having some spectacular plays in day nine of practice, including a circus catch reaching around Diameter Lenore and making a one-handed grab. It was, I'm sorry, around Sam Womack. A great play by Willie Sneed. And in, in, it was just something that kind of highlighted day nine in a nutshell. So you see depth at all the offensive positions. But over on defense, it's the same thing. It's not uncommon for the 49ers defensive line to have depth. But with the way that Kinlaw's been playing and the way that Kevin Givens continues to look in camp, you're deep at defensive tackle. With defensive ends, once Bosa's back, then you'll start to see the depth. Plus, the 49ers added Taco Charlton, and he's been playing so well, it looks like he provides some depth as well. The 49ers got to feel good about that. Linebacker stacked completely. Cornerback, great. We're starting to talk about who's going to be the tough cuts. And at safety, the 49ers feel really comfortable as well. So the depth at all the positions has to feel good for the 49ers. And even at the quarterback position, with the way these guys have been playing. So to me, this has been a very nice development for the 49ers because you are trying to build a roster that can sustain uh, during the season, and it's completely insulated in case of injury. And that's what the 49ers have learned through these really bad times like 2020 where the team was absolutely gutted by injuries. They learned how to insulate themselves to overcome injuries and still be able to go out on the football field and win games. And I think there was evidence of that in 2021 when we see young players step up and make plays, and then in 2022 as well. Now, they ran out of quarterbacks in 2022, but they've even found a way to try to insulate themselves so that doesn't happen. So the 49ers put together a really nice depth at the in every position on the roster, and I'm looking forward to seeing this thing all the way through. Now, what I'm really hoping... The 49ers are going to get through the next month and stay primarily healthy going through these joint practices and preseason games. That way, when they get to September 10th against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we are seeing the best version of the San Francisco 49ers. There will come obstacles that they're going to have to overcome. There will come some injuries that test this depth. But I got to believe that this depth overall is good enough to withstand those types of floods of injuries and hopefully the four years can withstand and have a really good football season, but they definitely have put the roster together to do so. And so it's an exciting time seeing this depth on the roster and knowing what Kyle Shanahan can do with this depth, what Steve Wilkes can do with this talent. It's an exciting time for the 49ers. And we're going to get to see that depth on display when the four years play the Raiders, because more than likely not a lot of starter snaps, if any, in that football game. Number two, of the five big takeaways is Brandon Ayuk is unguardable. And it's been a, a something that's just been known uh, since he's been out there at training camp. It, you just can't deny it anymore. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is that guy. He looks absolutely spectacular. His routes are the best I've ever seen him. He's playing more physical, uh, not only in the blocking game, but also when he's running his routes, he gets to the top of his stem and if he has a defender on him, he's going to create separation. 
He's very subtle with his hand moves, and sometimes he's very physical. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is doing it all right now. He's looking like a all-pro caliber wide receiver. Of course, this is training camp. It's not the regular season, and he's going to have to go out and produce. But from what I saw in 2022 during training camp, what I'm seeing now in 2023, uh, Brandon Ayuk has just taken another step because he had a really good training camp in 2022. In 2023, he's just even more spectacular. So uh, Ayuk's ability to be unguardable is going to open up things for this entire offense. And we've already seen that happen uh, with Debo Samuel. And it's it's become contagious. Every single one of these 49ers wide receivers are making more plays. And Ayuk's just making it easier for them. You're going to double Brandon Ayuk. You're going to leave opportunities for the other wide receivers to make plays or Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle or whoever else. And so this ability from Brandon Ayuk is just what the doctor ordered for this 49ers offense because we've seen 2021 was the year of Debo. 2022 was the year of CMC once he got in there. He kind of opened up everything for everyone else. Uh, if 2023 becomes a year of Brandon Ayuk, I think it opens up the entire offense with defenses having so much focus on McCaffrey, on Debo, and potentially Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle. Uh, whoever they don't have an attention on in that game is going to have a big opportunity. And with the variety of weapons and the way that Kyle Shanahan uses his personnel groupings and formations uh, to create great situations to get guys open, you got to think it's going to be week by week uh, some uh, one of the players is going to have a big day. So you could take away some, you can't take away all. And I think Ayuk ascending to that next level could take the 49ers offense over the top and make them one of the premier, if not the premier offense in the entire league, no matter who the quarterback is. That is saying a lot considering this is a quarterback-driven league, but Kyle Shannon has found a way that as long as you have a talented quarterback, who can execute his game plan, you can be successful. And if any one of these guys ascend to being a top-level quarterback or a franchise-caliber quarterback, you're going to have the number one offense in the entire league. I think with Kyle Shanahan at the helm, with a quarterback that can distribute, you've got a top-10-caliber offense because of the weapons and because the offensive line is going to stabilize with Colton McKivitz. Uh, so you've got that. But with a one of these guys stepping up to that elite caliber, you've got a number one overall offense. It's just too much talent, too much ability, and one heck of a play caller calling the play. So uh, very excited about Ayuk's ability and what that's going to provide the 49ers offense because in the grand scheme, every time a player steps up, every time a player takes a step forward, it helps everyone else on your roster as well, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Number three, the 49ers defense is going to be more aggressive. And I think this is something that people have thought when they uh, signed Steve Wilkes and, and made him the new defensive coordinator from D'Amico Ryans, is that we've seen this happen in stages. When it went from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans, the defense got a little bit more aggressive. It seemed like more blitzes came at certain times, and it was very uh, well done, and you've seen a lot of execution, and it helped the 49ers in a lot of ways. And then there was a thought, here comes Steve Wilkes. He blitzes a lot. 49ers are probably going to blitz a lot. But we've heard Kyle Shanahan say, hey, we're not really going away from the defense very much. Uh, Steve Wilkes is going to come in. He's going to put his wrinkles. He's going to put his stamp on this defense. And so you didn't know exactly what that was going to mean. 
uh, during Steve Wilkes' presser this week, he was asked about blitzing a lot, and he said, wait, we're not blitzing a lot. Uh, but I think that he just doesn't realize how much uh, the 49ers didn't blitz over the last few years, or maybe he does, and he was saying it tongue-in-cheek. But I think the 49ers are going to increase the blitz because that's what we see at practice. We see a defense that will blitz from anywhere, whether that is uh, your interior linebackers, if that's a nickel corner, it could be a safety coming off the edge. I've seen Hufanga blitzing a lot. I've seen Gibson blitz a couple of times as well. And we've seen a lot of the outside linebackers, uh, whether that was Dre Greenlaw you know, or whoever else, Oren Burks, uh, whoever's playing that Sam linebacker spot come too. Uh, with that come some opportunities for the offense. And I think that's where Steve Wilkes and this defense has continued to work through the process is finding out the give and take. Hey, when we do this kind of blitz, it can leave an opportunity for the offense to hit a hot route and maybe have some success. And we've seen some success from 49ers quarterbacks and from the 49ers offense with Steve Wilkes is aggressive with the blitz. However, uh, when, when it's timed up and it's ran accurately, you're getting times where these quarterbacks are just swallowed up by a very impressive 49ers defensive line who can already provide a ton of pressure and then timely blitzes uh, that can sometimes bring a fifth, maybe even a sixth guy, and make it almost impossible for the 49ers offensive line and running back to be able to pick up these protections. Or in some cases, 49ers have to leave a tight end in and go max protect. And in that case, you just don't have as many receivers down the field to operate. Uh, go to back to, to the second point that I had about Brandon Ayuk. Those are the situations that have been a killer for the 49ers defense at training camp. Uh, go max protect. You should be able to cover and win down the field. However, Ayuk still wins and gets it done. And that kind of will negate some of the other things that you're able to do. The 49ers didn't always have a wide receiver that could consistently win one-on-one. -on -one. So you're seeing it kind of coincide with each other. And we've seen them work together where the defense is being aggressive and bringing the blitz. And the 49ers have been working on uh, being able to overtake the blitz and get rid of the football to their hot reads and then be able to make something happen after that. So to me, the defense is going to be more aggressive. Uh, they're also taking more chances with coverage. We've heard Steve Wilkes talking about man, more man coverage and also changing the way the cornerbacks are playing against these wide receivers, making them square up more. Uh, says you can see more of the quarterback, but also you have a better idea of that offensive player as well. So to me, this is a, a nice step for the 49ers in the right direction where you got 49ers defense being more aggressive. And let's see how much that continues. I don't think we'll see a ton of blitzing during preseason because you really just don't blitz very much. You get to your second and third unit. Sometimes you throw a couple here and there, uh, but line stunts, blitzes, uh, blitz packages, you don't want those on film for anyone. So those things are going to happen, but they're going to happen probably during the regular season uh, when they're going against Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And Stafford's one of the best in the league at defeating the Blitz overall. So uh, really nice so far from the 49ers defense. I want to continue to see the growth, uh, but I think Steve Wilkes is working on the timing and the execution of coverage behind those Blitzes as well. It's been pretty good, and I think it's going to continue to grow over the next uh, couple of weeks, even though uh, Foyers are going to get into preseason games, it doesn't mean they're going to kind of hold up on what they're doing in these big-time practices. Uh, number four, 
Uh, 49ers quarterbacks have looked good. That's been a takeaway. And I think there was question marks about the 49ers quarterbacks going into training camp. First off, you know, we didn't know until right up until the time that Brock Purdy was going to be out there cleared and available to work with the first team. So the question marks had been Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance. And uh, now we've seen Sam Darnold versus Trey Lance, but it's in a second a second quarterback capacity. So they're battling for that backup role because Brock Purdy has consistently got better each day that he's been out there. Uh, that consistency is what the 49ers are looking for. And yes, of course, he's had some mistakes. I've seen him rush passes. I've seen him feel that blitz that Steve Wilkes has been bringing and make some mistakes. And you can tell there was sometimes he just wasn't feeling as comfortable in the pocket or maybe even not comfortable with his arm yet. But every single day, he's gotten a little bit better. He's gotten a little more consistent. He's been able to uh, challenge the, the defense down the field, challenge the coverage. And I think where we finally got uh, the other day at practice when he had his big volume day, uh, so 27 passing attempts, but 40 reps for the 49ers starting offense, was we got a very layered attack. And when I'm saying layered, the defense, when the offense is looking at the defense, they look at it in three levels. So you got your short, you got your intermediate, and you got your deep. And then you've got, you know, inside the hash marks, which is the middle of the field. And then you got outside the numbers, which you're trying to, if you can, attack every area all the way from short to vertical and all the way inside the hash to outside the numbers. That makes the defense cover the most amount of grass. And that makes it the most difficult for them to be able to cover your wide receivers in space. And everything you do after that is manipulate. Well, the 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo. They weren't really capable of attacking consistently in some areas. So the defense didn't have to cover the entire grass field. So there were certain corners of the vertical way they didn't have to go. And sometimes outside the numbers, they weren't as concerned about either, which means they could take chances with safeties coming into the box or safeties playing a deep third and didn't really have to worry about Jimmy beating them. So it's been very important, and I think this is why Kyle Shanahan was very comfortable drafting Trey Lance, was Trey Lance's ability was to be able to attack short, intermediate, and deep, and he could attack over the middle and outside the numbers. And I think the over the middle part was going to be where Trey Lance had to grow, and we've seen him grow in that area. But now the question marks were, could Brock Purdy make all those throws? We've seen him do it last year during the regular season and during the playoffs against Seattle. But could he consistently do it again after coming back from having the UCL brace? Well, that's what we saw on display. He was able to handle that uh, during Friday practice. He was whipping the ball around. It was short. It was intermediate. It was deep. And it was inside the hash marks. It was outside the numbers. He was showing that he could go ahead and attack every uh, way that you could possibly conceive. And that's why he was having success against the 49ers first team defense, because you have to force that defense to cover all areas. By doing that, you're going to widen the areas you're able to throw in the zone. And I think that's very important. Once you get the run game going and established two, then that makes linebackers have to bite, which creates a bigger opening and void over the middle of the field. You can prove that you can go vertical like the throw uh, he had to George Kittle or some of the shots they've been taking to Danny Gray. That will keep the safeties deep. So then when you get those play-action shots, next thing you know, linebackers come up to play the run. Safety stays deep to take one of the vertical threats down the seam, and you've got a nice void in the middle of the field.
And I think that's the areas that Kyle's trying to be able to attack. But it all starts by having quarterbacks that can attack the most field. And now he has three quarterbacks that can do it. So the question marks about Brock Purdy's arm have been answered. He can handle all the throws that he needs to make. His timing is still on point. And then you have guys like Trey Lance and Sam Darnold who have been the models of consistency throughout training camp. Do they have you know days that go down and then other days that go up? Yes, of course they do. Uh, just like any football player, you're going to have struggles. Maybe you're not going to see looks. In Sam Darnold's case, when you get into move the ball drills and Kyle Shanahan calls whatever which offensive play he wants to and it's not a part of a script, you might struggle. You look at the days that Sam Darnold has gotten more reps in the move the balls, especially days Brock Purdy doesn't practice, he struggles a little bit more. Uh, but the days weren't a part of a script. He does very well. And I think this is something we've seen pretty consistently with all quarterbacks that are learning Kyle Shanahan's offense is you just have to have time to be able to get involved in the offense. So Darnold's numbers have been consistent. He'll have a really good idea during preseason about what his uh, plays are going to look like, his script of plays. Of course, move the ball. We'll kind of adjust those a little bit. Uh, but I think the Foyers are, are very excited about the quarterback room. Uh, Brock is coming back and playing well. And then we've seen a nice ascension from Trey Lance uh, during his time in training camp. And yeah, he's had a couple of struggles with short passes, but those things can be fixed with a little technique. And I think he'll get there, but his intermediate and his deep balls have been very good. He's been taking shots down the field and he's still got the legs. And yeah, you don't have to run design run plays to get Trey Lance involved with his legs. But what he can do is when a play breaks down, escape. And I think that's something that Kyle Shanahan really likes about the three quarterbacks at the top of his quarterback room. Uh, no matter what order they're in, all of them can avoid pressure and be able to extend plays. Now, Trey's probably uh, supposed to be the most dangerous, even though Darnold has the most rush yards uh, in his career and the best rush per yard attempt, uh, so yard average, of any of these quarterbacks, but all three can do it. They can extend drives. They can extend plays and they have the arm to be able to attack the whole field. And as long as they can prove that they can do that, then they're going to make these defenses stress out in coverage. It's a lot harder to cover a zone when you got to spread out and cover more area. So uh, excited about this quarterback room and, you know, Brandon Allen's been doing a good job as well. That's why the 49ers are feeling comfortable with the four quarterbacks that they have. And it's all about, making sure you have the talent and the 49ers have the talent in the room. And I think the quarterbacks looking good is a good sign because uh, there were definitely days in, in 2021, 2022 uh, where the quarterbacks not only didn't have good days, but they had really bad days. And a lot of that was attributed to the defense, which is great. But now we're seeing quarterbacks and skill players on offense able to overtake a really great defense. I think that's good news for the 49ers. Can't wait for them to play the Raiders or we'll get some nice reports from joint practice as well. Uh, so number five is there still going to be competitions at all the spots. So there's a lot of roster spots that still haven't been decided, number one. But there's a lot of starting spots that haven't been decided either. And so that's one thing. I don't want anyone to think that this is over. We know who all the starters are. We know who's going to make this football team. I think there are some decisions that still need to be made. Coach Steve Wilkes talked about that a little bit. And I think Chris Furster's comments as well on Saturday kind of reinstilled that thought that, hey, there's some things that still need to be decided. It's like, yeah, we like this guy. 
And we like his potential within the 49ers team, but he has to go out and prove it day in and day out with consistency. And so the 49ers are trying to do that. So there are still decisions to be made. And I think you could go down, you know, the roster and find these, you know, spots. And as far as starting jobs, there's probably not as many available uh, because the 49ers still have all their key players. I think one starting job for sure uh, that is open is the defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa. I don't think Drake Jackson has it locked up. I think he's a leader in the clubhouse, uh, but I think Cleveland Farrell is right there. And I think that they've been excited what they've seen from Cleveland. And he's also very good against the run. So I think that is kind of something we're going to watch and monitor through training camp. Another starting job that's up for grabs is that Sam linebacker spot. As Coach Steve Wilkes talked about the fact that Oren Burks looked really good. Then Marcelino's looked good. And Demetrius Flanagan fouls, which means I believe those three guys are kind of in the running. Uh, but since he named Oren Burks first, my guess is Burks is still the first guy. That has been my belief that he was going to be the starter. And I think the 49ers haven't done anything to illustrate anything else besides him being the starter. Now, he did miss a couple of days of practice, and they go with Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Uh, but once Oren Burks is back, he started getting those reps again. So um, Burks is the leader in the clubhouse. He's going to have to go prove it. And then other than that, I think the rest of the defense is pretty much set as starters with Isaiah Oliver being a new starter at, at nickel corner. Uh, other than that, it's the same uh, se secondary that the 49ers had in 2022 to end the season uh, with Lenore, you know, and uh, Mooney Ward, uh, Tayshaw Gibson, and Talano Ufonga. So uh, I think it's exciting that they've got those guys, and those are the comfort factors. And then some of the back end, you know, competitions that are still going on that everyone's going to have to pay attention to, I think is, you know, a little bit at the uh, cornerback position where you have Deshaun Jameson coming on. And then you have a holdover guy like Ambry Thomas. You know, would they decide to take the undrafted free agent Jamison, who's been impressing everyone over Ambry Thomas? Not to mention, when is Darrell Luter Jr. going to actually get off, you know, the uh, the pup list? And once he is, you know, what does that mean for his future within the 49ers organization? So uh, some of these things are going to be answered once we get into uh, – the, the preseason, but I think a lot of them are going to be answered in the joint practices versus the Raiders. This is kind of that time when the 49ers uh, personnel will really take shape. And these, these coaches will take, you know, this film that they get playing against another team, how they are able to handle the practices, how they were able to make plays during those practices. And I think this will where you'll start getting some separation between some players. And then you will start to figure out exactly who's going to make this 53 man roster. It's not going to be easy for the 49ers to make the cuts that they're going to have to make, especially with us talking about how much depth the 49ers have at all positions. So it's going to be a real slow process. The first cuts come after the first preseason game. And the 49ers will have to cut five. They'll have to cut down to 85. And that's going to be a little bit difficult, I'm sure, uh, but not as harsh as the cuts that come after that when it gets really difficult. So it's an exciting time for the 49ers. We're going to get to see all these players out there competing uh, for these roster spots. But overall, I think it's been a very promising nine practices that the 49ers have had. 10 and 11 are coming up before the joint practices. So the 49ers are still got some improvement to do. More practice for Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, you know, and those guys. And then continued elevation. Guys who are coming on the scene in their second year, like Danny Gray, Ty Davis-Price, 
Uh, those guys have been making some noise, and I think it's really exciting. And if you, you know, if you listen to the stuff or you watch on YouTube, I did do some videos on Danny Gray, Ty Davis Price, and a few of the other guys. You can go back and check those out, and just you could kind of get my take before we ever went into training camp on those, and just seeing where these guys are. But I think these are the big takeaways. There's lots more takeaways uh, along the way, but we're gonna have more content coming your way here pretty soon, talking. You know, day 10, day 11, 40 yards practice, getting into the joint practices when those come. And then it's going to be game day, and the 40 yards are going to be playing the Las Vegas Raiders. So thank you guys so much for watching or listening to this episode. Really appreciate it. 40 yards cutback on Believe. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.